Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Good evening, everybody, and, and live from the Miley Cyrus School of Choreography. It's oh, the fourth no, edition show. Oh, no, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> oh, God. We're back for its fourth season. I'm Scott Sweeney, a.k.a. The Sherpa, and Jana Kimmel, a.k.a. Jana. How are you, Jana? I'm good. I am hoping not to tear an ACL tonight, but other than that, no, I think we'll be no okay. No twerking allowed on our show. <laughs> We'll try. We'll try to resist. <laughs> so how's your uh, um, I, how's your summer been? How's how's uh, the preseason been for you? Uh, the preseason's been pretty good to me so far. No no terribly major injuries on my fantasy teams, which is exciting. But I still have some drafts to go. Let's keep our fingers okay. crossed. What about you? Uh, I seem to have avoided you know getting Montario Hardesty and people like that. <laughs> you know Mark Sanchez on my no, fantasy Jeremy team. Macklin. So. So far, you're Jeremy Macklin, or yeah, or those guys. So so far, so good. That's always good. Um, hopefully, we haven't used all our good luck up. It's a little early. No, I hope <laughs> not. Hope not. So, so I we can't believe we're a, already. On I, I know for it's the fourth season already. Yeah, this is hard to believe. That means we've done over 50 shows, maybe even over 60. I've lost count, but. Uh, Anyway, why don't you uh, let everybody listening know, you know, what we're doing here and why we do it and what time we're on and how they can get in touch with us and all that good stuff. Well, if if we were a wide receiver, we'd be in our prime right now. So let's think about it that way. I like that. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I like that too. We should be in for a raise then. Yeah, yeah. Who should we should call somebody about that? But we will be here. For an hour, we'll be here until 10:30 p.m. Eastern time, and of course, we're always available to be downloaded throughout the week. Um, we'll be looking at pretty much previewing your fantasy football season. We're going to take a look at each of the positions, talk about our, our rookies we like, our busts, our sleepers, all that good stuff. And if we've got time at the end, we'll do some predicting for the playoffs. Uh, I did correctly pick our Super Bowl last year. Unfortunately, I didn't have the winner right. But you laughed at me all season about the horrible, and look what we got. <laughs> We did indeed. Nice going. I did give you credit on Twitter. When, yes, uh, I appreciate that, which probably means I'm going to be terribly off this year, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, but if you want to have your voice heard throughout the show, there are tons of ways to do it. Uh, first and foremost, you can call us at 347-989-8088. That's 347-989-8088. Uh, you can always tweet us at the number four THN Inches Show. That's the fourth and inches show. On Again, the number four THN Inches Show. You can also find Scott and I on Twitter individually. He is fantasy underscore Sherpa, and I am JKIM16. You can email us at the fourth and inches show at gmail.com. That's the number four THN Inches Show. The chat room is open on Blog Talk Radio. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and all kinds of great rankings on fantasyfootballsherpa.com. You can go check those out and then call and yell at us about them. That's completely all right. Just call and praise <laughs> us. That too. But that, that wouldn't too. be any fun. <laughs> it's not as dramatic that way. Um, no, that's but like true. I said, we're, we're going to take a look at each position and we're going to start with the running backs. I thought we were going to start, start rookies. with kickers. Sleepers? Oh, you want, of course, your favorite position, kickers. We can't no, ever forget not them. Too, I'm, no, we can't forget them. So, but no, <laughs> as far as running backs go, who who are give me say three to five of your sleepers um, for this year? Who do you like? I mean, we we know that Adrian Peterson is good. We know that Doug Martin is good. Really, who are, I, I who wasn't are, sure. <laughs> who are who are some of the people that you're looking at that uh, uh, you think might? Let's uh Andre Brown, normally as a Cowboys fan, I'm not going to promote anything Giants-related, uh, but he is technically number two on the depth chart behind David Wilson, who has a little bit of a Butterfingers issue. Uh, Brown does get a lot of looks on at the goal line. He's For where he's being drafted to the value you can get for him, I, I like what I can get there. I'm not a big David Wilson fan, and Tom Coughlin's always been kind of a, a multiple back system guy. He likes to pull a guy out if he makes a mistake, and we've seen David, David Wilson make a few, so I'm going to store Andre Brown on my bench and see if I can use him somewhere. Um, let's see, Mikhail LaShore in Detroit. 
Obviously, they got Reggie Bush in the offseason, but again, LaShore, I liked him a lot before he got hurt. He's got, like Andre Brown, that goal line potential. He can kind of vulture some touchdowns. And in Indy, I like Vic Ballard. This is another case where Ahmad Bradshaw was brought in. Uh, he's still got those lingering foot problems. He's had foot surgery. He's not 100%, and he's He's become a little fragile. When when Bradshaw's been healthy, he's been very productive, but we haven't seen him healthy in a few years. And I liked what Vic Ballard did last year in kind of an up-and-coming offense. So those are those are my three sleepers. Who you got? I'm going to go the other way with you on the Giants. I actually think David Wilson is one of my favorites. I, I think he could be a top-ten back this year. And yeah, What's I'm, funny I'm is going I think again. last year we were flip-flopped on them. I liked David Wilson and you liked Andre Brown, and now we've gone the other way. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how time does that. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just I think he's somebody that I could see being a top 10 to 12 running back this season, and yet in most drafts he's still there in the third or fourth round, and you can get him as a as a flex player in most 12-team leagues. So like him a lot, uh, staying in New York for a minute. I like Chris Ivory. A lot if he can get on the field and stay on the field, that team's going to be a mess. No matter who the quarterback yeah. is, they're not going to be throwing too much this year, and hopefully their offensive line play will... play without one at this point. I think it might be better. Yeah, they might just as well snap the ball directly to running backs every play and mm-hmm. be better off. Yeah. So, you know, like Chris Ivory, and also in St. Louis, I like Daryl Richardson. You know, they got rid of Steven Jackson and... and um, Isaac Page, you know, doesn't uh, look like he's you know, doing anything to step up there. And, you know, I just I think that, um, yeah, I just I like his situation. Isaiah Pede and uh, also Zach Stacey, the rookie, doesn't look like he's quite ready yet. So I, I think Richardson uh, could do well there. And I think their um, pass offense should be improved, which will hopefully help their running game as well. Yeah, I think I think I can agree with that. Nothing too much to um, argue about just yet. <laughs> okay. How about how about rookies? Who who are your top three rookies for running backs for, this season? For me, I there are a couple of guys I like and I for me they're two really stand out and one of them's Eddie Lacy in Green Bay. Obviously last year it was kind of a circus at running back and it sort of started that way, but Eddie Lacy's had himself uh, a nice camp. He's he's he seems to be picking up the offense pretty well. Uh, granted, he's a rookie. Rookie running backs are always kind of hit or miss. But for an offense that's not going to rely completely on the run game, it's more to complement what Aaron Rodgers is already doing. I think Eddie Lacy has a good chance to have some value for you as a rookie. And I like Giovanni Bernard in Cincinnati. He's uh, Ben Jarvis Greenellis's backup, and I. I mean, I just I think he's got a chance to have an impact. He's not going to, you know, take over the starting job or or steal a ton of carries. But for what he'll be able to do as a rookie on that team, I think he can have have some value for you, especially in later rounds. I agree wholeheartedly with you about Bernard being one of the top rookies. I actually disagree in the sense that I'll bet you by week six at the latest he's their feature back. That's my yeah. gut there. I just, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I could see Ben Jarvis Green Ellis turning it's into just, sort of the goal line guy, but you know, I think Bernard. Yeah, is and it's hard. It's it's been hard for the law firm to stay healthy. You know, what with all those legal cases he has to do in the off season. That's right, but uh, he's, you know, I I'm just never sure he doesn't fumble, which is a good thing. Maybe the Giants should trade for him then, but they yeah, love I just, that. <laughs> yeah, he's they. What do they call those backs? The the plotters, the ones that don't have the breakaway speed. And to me, that's what uh, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is. Of course, he can run a lot faster than I can, but uh, I don't consider <laughs> myself a plotter. But uh, then again, I'm not an You haven't, you haven't also been either. working on your forty time lately. You could, you could no, try I, that. I haven't. No. So. Um, uh, Monty Ball, I think, in Denver has a chance to make an impact, although there the situation's a lot more muddled because you've also got Ronnie Hillman and Noshan Moreno in the mix. You know, Pittsburgh, Le'Veon um, Bell also just, you know, he's injured right now. When he comes back, you know, they've still got Jonathan Dwyer and Isaac Redman there, so that's a bit of a mess. 
And then I also like Niall Davis a lot in in Kansas City because, you know, Jamal Charles had the foot injury in camp and you know, supposedly he's fine now, but you know, Andy Reid always seems to be a guy that likes to have a, a second or third running back there to you know, take some of the workload off of the of the main back. So I think he's got a chance. And then if you really want to dig deep, then maybe somebody like Joseph Randall in Dallas, you know, DeMarco Murray, as we know, isn't necessarily the most durable back in the world. So maybe Randall gets a chance at some point this season. It's amazing for how unbalanced Dallas's offense was, for how little they ran the ball, how often their running backs get hurt. I don't understand. That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm scared for a balanced offense. We might not have a healthy running back ever. Uh, I don't know. I I think <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's your team, so you are obviously closer to them and probably more paranoid about them than I am. But, Very uh, paranoid. Yeah, I can imagine. So, how about um, no shame. how about us? Who are some of the players that you look at and running backs you look at this year and say, I I don't want them on my team, or if I have them on my team, I'm I'm worried about them. Um, for, number one, without a doubt, for me is Ryan Matthews. Uh, he cannot stay healthy, cannot play a full season, and they brought in Danny Woodhead. They kept Ronnie Brown. I just don't even see a way where Ryan Matthews is getting significant carries amongst the three of them come week four or five. Like, I just I can't envision a scenario where he's still a clear-cut number one running back or healthy, one or the other. They're both not going to happen. I just I think Danny Woodhead's going to come in and he's going to take away a lot of those dynamic plays that Ryan Matthews was sort of staying on the field for because Ronnie Brown wasn't the same kind of running back and it just it's hard to get excited about him. Yeah, that's, that that makes sense. Yeah, I, I I don't think I have him on any teams, but I'll have to go back and double check and cut him. You're going to look now. <laughs> no, I'm um, pretty sure I don't. <laughs> One of my other busts, uh Lamar Miller in Miami, he sort of seemed to kind of get a a, a foot in the door at the end of last season, but now he's he seems to be running back not not even two, maybe even running back three at this point. He just doesn't seem to be getting even the majority of the reps. He just seems to have fallen out of favor in Miami, and it's just mm, it's hard to bank on him right now. All right, any others you want to mention? Eh, I think I've. I've Crush enough dreams for the moment. What about you? Okay. Well, here, I'll play the master dream crusher then. I know Arian <laughs> Foster is still going as a, as a top to mid-first round pick in a lot of leagues, but you know, he's somebody that all of a sudden I've become pretty concerned about, and yes, I do have so him injured. on at least one of he's my teams. He's got three or four injuries right now. I didn't even know it was possible to hurt that many things at once. Yeah, and it's it's looking like he may not be back for week one, and if he is, he may not be at full strength, and even if he is, it sounds like they're going to rely more on Ben Tate this year, so I'm not uh, real keen on him, and also Reggie Bush in Detroit, I'm not real keen on on him either, you mentioned uh, LaShour before, and you know, he's obviously still there, but now they've got, um, you know, well, they still have Calvin Johnson, obviously, and Ryan Boyles, yeah. and you know, they might you know, have a better passing game this year. So we'll we'll see. I I just I I wouldn't surprise me if they use him more as a second wide receiver type, depending on how good Boyles turns out to be, rather than a, a running back, a featured running back, the way he was in Miami. But we'll see about that. Well, and, and he was healthy all of last season. How much longer can he stay healthy? That's what I'm worried about. He's got 16 games under him already. <laughs> like, I just feel like any yeah. minute he's going to break down. Yeah. Uh, some other people that, just to touch on some, you know, reserves that I would target, you know, Ben Tate, I just mentioned a moment ago, I'm a big fan of Bernard Pierce's this year in Baltimore. I think even if Ray Rice stays healthy, that there's a good chance Pierce plays a much bigger role in that offense this year, given the 
injuries and the talent that they've lost to both tight end and wide receivers. So like his prospects, uh, Jack Hayes Rogers and Atlanta, yes, they signed Steven Jackson and he's going to be an upgrade over Michael Turner. But, you know, again, Rogers, I think is useful both in the run game and the pass game. Pass game, obviously right now they've got three good targets with Gonzalez and Ronnie White and especially Julio Jones, but White is getting up there in years and he's also been dinged up. Uh, recently, so again, wouldn't surprise me if Rodgers plays more of a role in the offense this year. And then finally, this one is a long, long shot if you're in a, a 20 or 30 team league. But Mike Goodson in New York, you know, obviously had his legal problems in the off season, but he's back in camp now. Chris Ivory, yes, I touted him as a sleeper, but obviously not the most durable guy in the world. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see about him if. The opening is there for goods, and he's definitely talented enough. It's just a matter of whether he can keep his nose clean, so to speak. Yeah, that's that could be tough. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, shall we move on to the kicker? I mean, the wide receivers next? <laughs> yes, let's. <laughs> all right. So who are, who are some of your sleepers at wide receiver guys that you really like a lot this year? There, I Wide receiver sleepers is – like a gold mine this year, I feel like it's just um, T.Y. Hilton. Obviously, if you listen to the show at all last year, you know I'm a big fan of his. Uh, another year, more experience. The offense is gelling a little better. I think you're going to see a lot of big play potential from him this year, and where he's getting drafted versus the kind of value you'll have by the end of the season, I think is going to work out really well. Uh, Ryan Broyles, who you just mentioned earlier in Detroit. He's blown out a couple of ACLs. Uh, he's been injured the last two years. He He's had sparks of greatness when he's been healthy, which has been a few brief moments, it feels like. But he just he seems like he's finally got his legs under him a little bit, and I, I think this could be the year he breaks out. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey in Chicago. I am, I'm not a big fan of Jay Cutler. That's no secret, but... He's had a Jeffrey's had a great camp. He's really kind of blossoming into this established wide receiver. It's not just going to be a one-man show out there anymore. It, I feel like Jeffrey was a little hit and miss last year, but I think he's going to be more consistent this season for fantasy owners. Jordy Nelson for where he's getting drafted, uh, I think could be considered a sleeper with the value he'll get. And uh, Vincent Brown in San Diego, I was really excited about him last year until he broke his ankle. I think as long as he stays healthy, I think he could have a big impact in San Diego. I actually like Malcolm Floyd there more if he's healthy. Honestly, I feel like you could flip a coin with those two. One or the other is going to break out. It's just you just don't know which one it's going to (laughs) be. Well, Floyd had 850 yards, I think, last year in receiving yards, and it wouldn't surprise me if he – challenged a thousand this year but we'll see um some guys i like a lot this year that aren't necessarily at the top of everyone's draft list larry fitzgerald a couple years ago he was the number one wide receiver then all of a sudden arizona seemed to just pick zombies off the street and start them as quarterback but now he's got a legitimate quarterback nfl quarterback again carson palmer maybe not the most talented but certainly a legitimate quarterback and i think he's Mm -hmm going to experience a career resurgence this year. Kenny Britt, there, my main concern with him is not his ability to stay healthy or stay out of prison, but it's mainly the fact that Jake Locker is the one that's going to be throwing him the ball, at least until he gets hurt or until the Tennessee offensive coordinator decides that they can't bear to watch anymore. So he's somebody that I think could spike up this year. Brian Hartline had a under the radar season in Miami last year and everybody's talking about Ryan Tannehill improving and also they've got Mike Wallace there now which on the one hand could steal some of his targets but on the other hand could also draw some attention away from him so I still think he's somebody that could have a big season and then Chris Givens in St. Louis it remains to be seen whether Sam Bradford will ever blossom into the quarterback worthy of the first pick that he was back in 2000 and Nine, I think it was, or 2010, yeah. but uh, 
Yeah, we'll we'll see. But last year was Mike Quick that people were talking about. This year it's Chris Givens, but or Mike Quick, uh, Brian Quick, excuse me. But uh, we'll see what happens there. But those that's how memorable he was. <laughs> You've yeah. not renamed him. Usually well, that's Mark Mike Sanchez, Quick was a receiver with the Eagles back way way when I lived in 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 Philadelphia many years ago. But uh, I think that's where the confusion stems from. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so. How about uh, rookies? Who are some of the rookie-wide receivers that you like? Uh, Kenbrell Tompkins in New England. Obviously, New England's pass game is a little murky right now with all of their tight ends hurt or in jail. Uh, <laughs> well, I, the ones they have aren't in jail anymore. They don't have him. True, true. They former they tight end. Yeah. <laughs> He's an alumni. He probably gets to well. Yeah, the, the New England alumni. I don't think he's going to come back for the alumni game, though. Probably not this year. Maybe in the future. <laughs> yeah. But Tom Brady needs years. someone to throw to, and while he's got a couple of decent options, uh, I like Tompkins. I like what he's done in the preseason, and he's he's got a, a deep threat in him, which obviously we know Tom Brady likes to air the ball out. So I think he could be really interesting, especially the value will just increase as the season goes on, the the more sure he gets of himself. And I also like Tavon Austin in St. Louis. Again, a lot of this is going to depend on Sam Bradford, <laughs> but it seems in the beginning of the season he's been a little better than at the end, so maybe his value is better now. But for wide receivers – Obviously, if you're in a keeper league, you're looking more at the rookies, or if you're in a really deep league. Otherwise, it is a little easier to find wide receivers, but it could be a good waiver wire option. I just, I think you've got a, a nice little crop of rookie wide receivers this year. Who's on your list? The two that you mentioned were definitely there. Also, DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. I think mm-hmm. he'll do yeah. well as, as a compliment to Andre Johnson and Andre Johnson has had some injury issues the last couple years, so it's entirely possible that Hopkins will end up as the number one wide receiver there at some point. Obviously, he had some issues at the NFL Combine in his hotel room, but hopefully he can stay away from that kind of stuff during the season. And and, I think he could do really well. Uh, Corderell Patterson in Minnesota, the one word Mm -hmm. you always hear, used to describe him as raw, but on the other hand, Percy Harvin isn't there anymore. And, nope. Yeah, Someone's got to step up. Greg Jennings, I think, is, is definitely way past his prime. And Jarius Wright, yeah, I, I don't think is, is necessarily in Jerome Simpson. They, they're both talented guys, but I just don't see either not of those a, as, yeah, as a real not a clear breakaway. Cut. Threat. So we'll, we'll see how Patterson does, but those are a couple more guys that I have my eye on. I like it. What about Bus? I'll give you two names, and okay. I like both these guys a lot, so it's, it's hard for me to do this. Victor Cruz. Yeah. He just you know, he signed the contract extension, but he's got the foot problem now. Supposedly, he'll be ready to go by the start of the regular season, but. Foot injuries, wide receivers don't necessarily go well together, and he's somebody that most people are still drafting as a number one wide receiver. I question the wisdom of that, even though I did that once myself this this draft season. I think he's probably somebody you don't want to count on as more as a second wide receiver at this point. And then also Roddy White, who, again, is getting up there in years and He's never missed a game, but he's definitely dealing with some injuries lately, and now they're not even sure if he's going to be ready for week one. And of course, he'll be there, but how effective he'll be. Same thing with Victor Cruz. I just, when the guy's dinged up already heading into the regular season, definitely proceed with caution there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can I can agree with those. I, I have a couple of names as well. Um, Eric Decker, he was was kind of a breakout last year, Peyton Manning being their help, but you got Wes Welker now, so Decker's not exactly a starter anymore. I think he'll still have some value, but nowhere near what he did last year. Uh, Randall Cobb in Green Bay, for where he's getting drafted, he was very feast or famine last season, and 
I think that may continue. I had Jordy Nelson as a sleeper. I think Nelson's going to be more consistent than Randall Cobb this year, so that would be my pick from those wide receivers. And Deshaun Jackson, I wouldn't put him necessarily completely in the bust category, but more of a wild card, if you will. He He's had problems staying healthy. He's had problems being consistent. Uh, you've got some questions that with a new offense. Is Michael Vick going to be his quarterback all season? Will he stay healthy? I just think Deshaun Jackson needs to either step up or we need to stop thinking about him as a a quote-unquote number one wide receiver. With Jeremy Macklin out, he's really the guy now. And I just I don't know if he's going to live up to it, especially for where he's getting drafted. I just I'm not sold. Most of the drafts that I've done, he's still around in the – sixth, seventh, even eighth round sometimes, and I would definitely scoop him up as a third wide receiver, which as is usually what I'm drafting. Receiver, definitely. At that but point. as a as a two, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. But I, I think we can answer your question in the affirmative that Michael Vick is not going to make it through the season in Absolutely. one piece. And whether it's Nick Foles or Matt Barkley throwing them the ball, I think at some point we can safely assume that Jackson is going to have at least more than one quarterback this year throwing him the ball. But I I think almost by default, he is a really talented guy and he does get open and it's just a matter of the timing and all. The other thing to keep in mind too is that if they really do run this faster-paced offense and get an extra 5-10 offensive play as a game too. That can only work to his advantage, I would think, unless he's out of shape and gets tired, but hopefully that wouldn't be the case. Yeah, I would I would hope that's not the case, but I'm just I'm not totally sold on him yet. All right. So why don't we move along then to court kick? No, we'll, we'll go with the quarterback <laughs> instead of the I guess kickers, I guess we'll put kickers off, save the best for last. We'll, 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 move, we'll save the best for last, but how about quarterbacks who are Give me three of your sleepers for this season. Sleepers? Uh, definitely Alex Smith is at the top of my list. He's got a new team in Kansas City. Andy Reid wanted him, went out and traded for him. He's got a, a pretty decent schedule. I mean, they're going to get Jacksonville week one. There's really not a better way to start your season. Uh, the team, the offense itself, has a pretty solid foundation. And I, I've always been an Alex Smith fan. Obviously, for a while, the bandwagon was very empty. Um, but right now, it's you know there's some people here. It's not terrible. I just I think for where you can draft him, I think that he's got really good upside this year. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. We talked about Miami a little bit earlier. He's got a couple more wide receivers. He's got more experience under his belt, and Miami really had moments last year where they looked like a good team. They could actually function cohesively the way they should. Then they had times where they looked like rookies and they looked kind of a mess. But I think Tan Hill is going to continue to grow and get better this this season, and so will his wide receivers. I like Carson Palmer. I like the, the change of scenery. I like that he's got some actual targets. Um, I, I think that just a, a new city and a new vibe is going to be really good for him. So I think those are my three. Who have you got? You you took Tannehill off of my list, so I'll go with <laughs> a couple others. These guys aren't really sleepers, but just sort of underappreciated, I think. One is Matt Ryan. I could easily mm-hmm. see him being the number one fantasy quarterback this year. He threw for, I think it was 4,700 yards last year, which not many – people realize, and I think with all the weapons he has with getting Gonzalez back and adding Steven Jackson and Rodgers being a year older, I, I think he could really do well. Of course, the wild card there is is can Roddy White stay healthy, and I just said no before, so that sort of contradicts what I'm saying here, but uh, okay. ignore ignore the Sherpa <laughs> behind the curtain for right now. And, <laughs> Tony Romo is somebody I know as a Cowboys fan. I you're actually, not in, I actually had Tony Romo on my list too. <laughs> you're not, not in love with him you. as you know for what he does to your team at critical moments, but in terms of I love I love Tony Romo as a fantasy quarterback. I hate yeah. him as a real life for my team quarterback. <laughs> well, 
but that this, since this is a fantasy show, I'm going to mention him. And another guy that I think is going to take a big step forward this year is Andrew Luck. I think we mentioned T.Y. Hilton before, and yeah. I know you're not a big Darius Hayward Bay fan, but I like nope. him and think he's going to help. And Reggie Wayne is still there, and they uh, and they've got the two second-year tight ends who are both dinged up now, but in theory mm-hmm. should be better. I, I think that he'll do well. And then just gratuitously, I'll, I'll mention Brandon Whedon because I think Richardson is going to be better for the running game and that'll help uh, take some of the pressure off of the, the pass game. And once he gets Josh Gordon back, I think the running game, the, the pass game will improve for Whedon as well. I can, I can agree with that. I'm not so. too much I have a problem with, so that's always good. What about right. rookies? What do you think? Rookies, almost by default, you have to mention E.J. Manuel. That's Gino pretty Smith, much the I only want no part that, of. And yeah. He's not a rookie per se, but since he's sort of new, I'll mention Terrell Pryor anyway, since he seems to be the flavor du jour in Oakland, yeah. at least for this week. But those those are the guys I would mention. Manuel. You know, Kevin Cobb, uh, it, it sounds like his playing days are, are numbered with all the concussions he's I had. Just, and I just want to, like, give Kevin Cobb a hug. I mean, he just, what a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, you can, unfortunately, he probably won't be around. If you went there to give somebody a hug, you'd probably end up hugging <laughs> Matt Leiner instead. Oh, but, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, no, probably not. But Mm-mm. anyway, yeah, I just think E.J. Manuel will be playing as many games as he can physically start almost by default. And you know, he's got some good options there at receiver. Stephen Johnson is still there. T.J. Graham showed flashes last year, and they have you know, Robert Wood and you know, some of the other guys that uh, the, the young receivers they brought in, not to Rick Rogers, but uh, mm-hmm. the ones that did survive the cut. Yeah, it's still there, yeah. but uh, anyway, we'll see. But I kind of like what he's got to work with there, so we'll, we'll see if he's able to, to put it together or not. I mean, I think I think EJ Manuel is really the only rookie who can have any kind of an impact at this moment on a team. I just I, there's not there. It wasn't a big quarterback class. We're not going to get anything cool like last year with with Griffin and Luck and. And Russell Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. I mean, it just, yeah, it's just pretty much EJ Manuel or bust. <laughs> yeah, that happens once every 10 years, and you're right. It's not happening this year. I can't even, no. yeah. It's, I don't think anybody's going to be talking about EJ Manuel and Geno Smith the way they were talking about Lock and Wilson and Griffin last year. That's, if that happens, I'll laugh myself silly. And At this point, I think Geno Smith is hoping people will just stop talking about him for a while because nothing good's happening for him. It's just... Well, at the least... Jets are at a bad least, place. At least his coach didn't put him in the fourth quarter of a meaningless game with the third string with apparently the intention of getting him injured, but... They must have a really good deal on, like, maybe they got a Groupon on MRIs or something, because it's just, it's yeah. just crazy. There's no way. I My guess is that Mark Sanchez doesn't survive the year there, that he they just, at some point, just pay him to go away. And it wouldn't surprise me if Rex Ryan is paid to go away, too, at some point. But we'll see. Most so likely. How about, how about quarterback busts? Who's on your list there? Uh, one of the quarterbacks we were just talking about, Russell Wilson, is on my list. Uh, for again, not necessarily that he's going to be terrible. It's the value of where you're getting him. His wide receivers are dropping like flies. Percy Harvin's already having hip surgery, and Golden Tate's the only one I'm really excited about in that offense right now. Uh, I think Russell Wilson will be good. He's just not going to be as great as he was last year. Same thing with Colin Kaepernick. Another kind of weak set of wide receivers, and there's a lot more film on him out there. Obviously, still a good quarterback. I'm just not sold on him. There are a lot of guys I'd like before him. Michael Vick is always on my bus list. He just, it's, let's roll the dice and see how many weeks he stays healthy or how many weeks he still gets to be the starter. And I don't, I don't necessarily want to put Robert Griffin the third as a bust because I don't necessarily think he's going to be. It's another kind of on the, on the 
verge sort of thing. I I like the idea that he's going to be passing more than running. It's just I'm worried about is he going to be tentative because of his knee and the fact that his wide receivers aren't anything to get super excited about. So I'm not totally sold on him yet. Our lists were virtually identical. We had both had Griffin Wilson and Kaepernick on our list, mm-hmm. not so much because I think they're going to stink, but just relative to where they're being drafted, I don't think they're going to give you the value that you're expecting. And again, spread option offense, like you said, there's more tape on all these guys now, and it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if defensive coordinators have had a chance to adjust. If these guys go back to being more traditional pocket-type quarterbacks, you know, pocket passers, I just right. Think, you know, a lot of their value was tied up in their ability to run for 500, 600 yards over the course of the season. I just don't think that's happening this year. So those guys were all on my list. And then as far as a, a quarterback who's also probably better at running than throwing but isn't so good at throwing, and that's Christian Ponder in Minnesota. I don't think many people are touting him for vast improvement this year, but I just don't see him getting – better much as I would like him to. I, I just don't think that's happening there. Yeah, I I just I can't see it happening. I'd be it'd be great if it did, good for him. I just mm, not there yet. All right, moving on to kick I mean tight ends. <laughs> We're gonna zip through these guys a little more quickly then, but uh who are your sleeper tight ends? Uh, I actually have a couple. Rob Hausler in Arizona, he's got to be very excited that he has a real quarterback throwing to him. Carson Palmer loves throwing to tight ends. He targeted Brandon Myers over 100 times last year in a not-good Oakland offense. Um, I think that his value is going to go way up. Jordan Cameron in Cleveland, again, another tight end happy offense. He's had a good camp. Uh, Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, Randy, uh, Andy Reid loves tight ends, loves a big athletic tight end, and Travis Kelsey definitely fits the bill. And Fred Davis in Washington, not a huge Fred Davis fan normally, but I think the fact that RG3, is his mobility is going to be a little limited. He's obviously going to be more cognizant of trying to throw the ball. So when he's panicking in these reads, he's going to look to his tight end, and that's going to be Fred Davis. And I think his value is going to increase from where it was last year. Well, certainly if he can stay healthy, it will. But I agree with you that Davis (laughs) is probably, if not the best, the second-best receiver on that team as a tight end. So that doesn't say much for their receiving core, but I agree with you. Some other guys that I like that are under the radar at this point, Dallas Clark, in Baltimore, Ed Dixon injured Dennis Pitt out for the year, so Baltimore signs him. I think that could be a really good signing. Brandon Myers in New York, as you mentioned, Jordan yeah. uh, Carson Palmer threw him the ball quite a bit last year. Eli Manning hasn't had great tight ends the last few years, but we'll see what he can do with Myers. And then if you're looking real deep, again, staying in New York, take a look at Kellen Winslow. Has he lost a step or two or ten? Probably. But on a team where you figure the quarterback is (laughs) likely to get a lot of pressure, he could be recipient of a lot of targets if he's able to stay healthy and on the field. Mm -hmm. Um, How about rookies? You mentioned Travis Kelsey already, but any others that uh, stick out in your mind? Uh, Zach Sudfeld in New England. Again, obviously they have a little bit of a tight end problem. Not that they don't have 18 tight ends on the roster at all times, but he's he's done some nice things. And Tyler Eifert in Cincinnati I also liked as well. Uh, I agree with Eifert, and I'll also throw Zach Ertz onto the list in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think he's usurping Brent Selleck's role, but nope. we should still play quite a bit and get a number of targets there. So that's about it as far as the rookies go. How about busts? Who do you have on your bust list? Um, Martellus Bennett, he's in Chicago now, and pretty much Chicago is where tight ends go to die at this point. It's just as much as they try to tell us they want to make it a more tight end-friendly offense, it doesn't happen. It's not working. Um, And Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota – I like Kyle Rudolph. There's just too many questions with the receiving core and with the quarterback and the offense as a whole. I just 
I don't think that he's going to be the best value there. I'll put Rob Gronkowski on that list just because we don't know how healthy he is. And good, good call. Pardon? I said good call. I'm good with that one. All right, Gronkowski, he's still being drafted as a second or third tight end in most of the drafts that I participated in. And also, Jermichael Finley, I think he's falling off the radar to the point where I'm not even sure he's a first tight end in a 10- to 12-team league anymore. I I just think Aaron Rodgers has too many other options to throw the ball to, and especially if they have more of a running game now. That just, in my mind, takes away potential targets from Jermichael Finley. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I could... I can go with that. All right, let's move on to defenses then. What do you, who, no rookie defenses obviously, but uh, how about sleepers and busts? Give me three of your favorite sleeper defenses and then a few busts, if you will. Um, Sleeper-wise, this is not a homer pick, but I think the Cowboys, this defense, it, it looked terrible last year. I will give you that. But getting healthy, at least sort of healthy, and not with your third-string guys on the field, I think that it's going to be significantly improved from last year. Um, Tampa Bay and Miami, I also like the upside of these guys' defenses. We saw, again, last year there were times where they looked very together and Miami could really shut down some teams. And then there were times where they were giving up yards like it was going out of style. So from what I've seen so far in the preseason, they were I like what's been sale? in. They were having a yard sale, exactly. Yardage <laughs> sale, yeah. <laughs> I like them as sleepers. Bus wise, um I know a lot of people are, are kind of talking up the Jets and I just don't think it's gonna happen for them this year. Um I'm also a a little worried about the Patriots defense, just where they're being drafted versus how I think they're actually going to play. Uh, who do you have on your list? I actually have the Jets as one of my sleepers, and the reason being not, not that on it. pardon. I said I'm just I can't get behind the Jets. They're such a mess. <laughs> well, my reason my reasoning there is not only do they play in a conference in a division where it's really the only legitimate offense is New England's. I, I just don't think that Buffalo or Miami are going to be scoring a ton of points, but the AFC, you know, the East also plays the NFC South this year, so yes, they're going to have to contend with Atlanta and New Orleans, but they've also got Carolina and Tampa on their schedule, so that could potentially work out pretty well for them. And the rest of their schedule isn't all that uh much either in my mind. Uh, Atlanta, I like a lot because you know, the flip side of that is that they get to play the you know, the NFC, excuse me, the AFC East teams, which other than New England don't really boast any top tier offenses. Mm-hmm. And then besides New Orleans, they don't really, I don't consider Carolina or Tampa Bay a top shelf offense either in their own division. So like them, and Buffalo. And for the same reason that I mentioned you know, before, uh, Indianapolis and Tennessee. So that's more than three, but those are just a few that I have my eyes on. Bus-wise, I'm going to go with a couple that will probably surprise you, but I'm going to go with San Francisco and Seattle out of the NFC West. They're playing the AFC South this year, so that means they're going to have to go up against Houston. They're going to have to go up against you know, Indianapolis. You know, Tennessee and Jacksonville, not any great shakes, but I just think you know, they're going to be playing a pretty tough schedule by virtue of, of how well they finished last year, and I just wouldn't rank their defense as high as, as most people seem to this year. Most people seem to think both of those are top ten defenses, and I respectfully disagree. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with your respectful disagreeing of it. As much sense as that makes. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what that what to make of that. But, uh, <laughs> let's let's move on. 
And, we'll uh, leave you with that thought on defense. <laughs> right. We'll we'll ponder that thought, not Christian ponder it, but we'll we'll ponder that thought <laughs> at, at a later time and date, I'm sure. So now, how about let's get into some fantasy football draft strategy talk here. If you're doing snake draft, which most people are, we can talk a little bit about auctions if you want to, but most people are probably still doing drafts. Do you? think that running back should always be drafted first, yes or no? True or false, running back should always be drafted first. False. But I you, I know you and I disagree on this. <laughs> well, you don't know my answer yet. Well, you do. But All after right. four years, well, you do. But um, explain your, true, your reasoning. True and I'll, false, I'll respectfully, <laughs> I'll respectfully agree to disagree, and I'll, but I'll listen respectfully. All right. Well, that's that's so nice of you. <laughs> For me, if you're in a snake draft, a lot of it's going to depend on how big your league is and who's available at at your pick. I know it's your first round. You're going to have a lot of options, but if there's a great wide receiver there, I'll take him. I don't have a problem doing that. I think the only wide receivers that I would consider taking with a first-round pick this year are Calvin Johnson and mm-hmm. possibly, if it's a really deep league, Julio Jones. You know, when I say really I'd deep, see, I mean I'd be okay taking Calvin more. Johnson in the first round in a snake draft. I'd be okay with not ta- with taking a quarterback if it was a really deep league and it just worked out that way. I know that makes you nuts. The, the quarterback <laughs> makes me nuts, but the the wide receiver, I can I can understand that a little bit more. But for instance, I'm in one league where we start one running back and four wide receivers. So in a format like that, supply and demand obviously more in favor of the wide receivers than the, you know, it makes a stronger argument for taking a wide receiver than it does a running back. But if you're in the the quote-unquote standard formats where you're starting two running backs, two or three wide receivers, and then a flex that could be either a running back or a wide receiver or a tight end, I, I still think because of the number of running back by committees that are being employed now, there's only 12 to 15 really usable running backs right now for fantasy purposes. And I I think Mm -hmm. in all but the most uh, rare circumstances, you need to try to take two of them with your first two picks. Yeah, I I can agree with that, I guess. But for me, in theory, yes but it's just so fluid when a draft comes. That's true. That's true. Mm. So how about next question I wanted to bring up with you is, and we sort of touched on this, but wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends, how early are you willing to draft them? Well, obviously I'll draft them any time because I'm crazy. (laughs) But um, I'm – this year, not so much. In years past, I was more willing to draft a tight end earlier because there were a handful of, of elite tight ends, I felt like. And it's it's become more of a a league where tight ends are used more frequently. You have a lot more to pick from. There are some teams running two, two tight end sets, and there's it's not as hard to come by good tight ends as it was a few years ago. So I may wait a little longer on the on them, but I always like having a solid quarterback. I would take a quarterback earlier than some people would. There's just I like to play in multiple in two quarterback leagues though too, which is going to change how you're drafting compared to a standard league. What about you? The the two quarterback league thing I I somewhat agree with, but I'm more of the mind that. Again, I could see someone like Matt Ryan or Andrew Luck, who typically are the you know, sixth to eighth quarterbacks taken in most snake drafts. I could see either one of those guys ending up as the top-rated quarterback this year. There just isn't as much of a fall-off at quarterback, and as you alluded to, mm-hmm. tight end, from the top tier to the rest of the pack as there used to be, which is an argument I mean, even, for taking... Even from when, from when we started doing the show how we rated tight ends then versus how we do it now is very different. I mean, back then it was if Jason Witten's on the board, you take him, you know, earlier than other tight ends. Now, or if Tony Gonzalez was then, now it's, well, if you don't get him, then there's 12 other guys that you're probably going to get 
a similar value over the course of a season, you may have a little drop-off, but it's not like falling off a cliff anymore. Yeah, and last year we talked about Jimmy Graham and Rob Gronkowski as mm-hmm. being sort of the, the two that had separated themselves from the pack, and then maybe Tony Gonzalez and Jason yeah. Witten were in the next tier. But really, you know, between Graham's injury and all last year and Gronkowski's, you know, seemingly being potentially again. injured now, there's just not as much of a separation between them. So you, know, you might as well just wait and take somebody like Fred Davis or Owen Daniels later in your draft and you know, mm-hmm. instead use that earlier pick that you might have spent on a tight end in years past and just load up on wide receivers and running backs would be my philosophy. But, yeah, good call on, on both the quarterbacks and tight ends. It, it definitely, definitely have changed in the three years since we started doing the show. So, good, good for yeah. fantasy owners. I mean, it makes our lives a little easier. <laughs> yeah, it does, but it's also something where you have to, I, I think, adapt and change with the times because if you're still of the mindset, I've got to grab a quarterback in the third or fourth round, that you know, you're you're missing out on on the positions, mainly running yeah. back and wide receiver, where the drop-off is much more pronounced. And I think those are the positions you really want to load up with, with guys early and often then. Yeah, to use your favorite word, the the position scarcity. You got to look at what you've got out there versus maybe another position like tight end, where you've got a deeper amount than running backs that you'd comfortably start. Exactly. How about uh, kickers and defenses? Do you think they should always be drafted towards the end, or are there any cases in which you would take them before the end, before the last two rounds of your draft? What do you think? Um, I would, but but again, I draft a little differently than you do. I like to have a solid kicker defense. I might wait until the last two rounds, but I may take a kicker three or four rounds before the end just because I have someone I know I'm, you know, is going to get, is on a team that's going to score a lot and I'm comfortable with versus trying to pick up and drop a kicker every week. That just makes me crazy. My my thing with kickers though is that I've you know, just being sort of a math head by nature. I've looked at the correlations between you know, the number of field goals a kicker has, which is really the driving value, you know, driving force in their fantasy value, versus you know, the number of touchdowns the team scores or the number of yardage amount of yardage they accumulate. And there's no strong correlation either with good teams or with bad teams. You know, the the kicker the number of field goals a given kicker has is almost completely random. And if that's, if that's the case, then you know you might as well just go with the, the kicker that you think is going to get you the most extra points, and most of them are, are still going to be around at the end. You know, Matt Bryant might not have as strong a leg as Sebastian Janikowski or Greg Thurline, but if he's on a team that scores more, then I would rather have him. Yeah. And as far I think, as the defenses... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I I think that you want to grab a kicker on a team who's going to be. I, I'd prefer not to have as much as I like Josh Scobie. I don't want to have him because I know he's not no. going to be kicking as often. <laughs> no. As a, I, any pretty much any other team in the league. <laughs> but I think neither one of us would have predicted that Blair Walsh would have been the top scoring kicker in fantasy last year. Probably a because neither one of us probably had a good idea of who he was at this time last year. And our, our bad Blair because, Walsh. We, we whiffed on that one. <laughs> the Blair Walsh project. But it just, <laughs> it doesn't, you know, there's, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to, to the, you know, who, which kickers end up on top each year. So in my mind, that's always my last round draft pick. I must say this year for the first time and partly carrying over from the tight end discussion, this year, because the tight ends seem to be all lumped together, in, at least in my mind, there are some yeah. instances in which I would take a defense before a tight end. But by and large, you know, my, my general rule of thumb is still that I would take a defense in the second to last round and a kicker in the last round, and I would load up on all my bench positions with running backs and wide receivers before I would grab a, a defense or a kicker. Yeah. So... All right, well, we're getting near the end of our time, but why don't we do something 
that isn't so much fantasy related but fun nonetheless. Why don't you give me mm-hmm. your six playoff teams from each conference, and then I'll do the same with uh, with mine. All right. You want to start the AFC? I'll give you mine. You give me yours, and we'll do the NFC. Sure. All right. Uh, I've got the Patriots, Texans, Broncos, Steelers, Browns, and the Ravens. Uh, pretty much the AFC North, just come on down. We're all going to the playoffs. <laughs> do you like the Browns above the Bengals? I do. I just that's, that's a really interesting pick. What what do you like about Cleveland and not about Cincinnati? I got to be honest, it's more of a gut thing than anything else. I just feel like it could happen. Something crazy always happens. I mean, no, I picked a horrible sure. last year. <laughs> for sure, you <laughs> gotta did. have a couple of wild cards. Right. Well, I agree with New England, Houston, and Denver. I think those are the three standout teams going into the season, especially. New England and Denver because there's really no other team you could make a strong argument for in their divisions. Houston, maybe you could make an an argument for Indy in the West, maybe, and this sounds like a homer pick, but maybe you could make an argument for Kansas City and in the North. I wouldn't wouldn't be mad about the Kansas City argument. I, I could see myself making it. Yeah, so my I agree with you on New England, Houston, Denver. I'm going to pick Cincinnati to win the North, but really just throw the names in a hat and pick one out, except for you know, my gut isn't telling me Cleveland, although you know, based on a draft I did last night, I, I hope you're right. And then Indianapolis and Kansas City would be my two wildcard teams out of the AFC at this point. So looks like we're, we're, we, we agreed on five of the six. That's pretty good. Well, oh, no, I we mean, didn't. We agreed on four of the six. Yeah, yes, it's okay. Four out of six is okay. is pretty good for us, all things considered. Yeah. Oh no, wait a minute. We only agreed on on three of the six because you picked. And they were batting five hundred. All right. Well, uh, it's yeah, still, still not for us. That's pretty good then. So, how about the NFC? I'll. Why don't I go first this time? I'll go with. All right. I'll go with Dallas to win the East, although I think you could really throw New York and Washington in that with Dallas and pick one out and have equal probability Mm -hmm. being right. I'll go with Green Bay to win the North. I don't think there's too much argument about that unless you're from Detroit. I'll go with Atlanta to win the South, San Francisco to win the West, and I'll take New Orleans and Seattle as my wildcard teams in the NFC. We are going to agree on five out of six of these. This is is pretty wild. No, no, I actually had Dallas. Um, New Orleans. (laughs) I'm not going to agree with that. No, I have New Orleans. I actually had uh, had Green Bay in the north, Atlanta in the south, San Francisco out west. Uh, I had Dallas one in the east. That's a little bit of a homer pick. Uh, I had New Orleans as a wild card, and I had the Giants as a wild card. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, you don't you're not on the Seattle bandwagon then. I am I am very much off the Seattle bandwagon. <laughs> oh. Very eh. interesting. So and how about so we, we have our playoff teams then. Who give me your, yep. your uh, conference champions? Uh I'm going with a Denver Green Bay Super Bowl. I agree with you on Denver, and I'll go with Atlanta in lieu of Green Bay. And I went, I went back and forth on Atlanta and Green Bay. I'll be honest. I just, I would like to see a Denver Green Bay Super Bowl. We haven't done that since John Elway and Brett Favre, and that was a good one. So, well, I'd like to see Denver and Atlanta, and we've never seen that. So, <laughs> we'll see. And how about uh, your Super Bowl champions? I'm going with Denver. I would like okay, to see. I would like to see that happen. I think there's a certain symmetry here. I, I agree with your pick, and I they say there's a certain symmetry here because when the Super Bowl was played in Indianapolis a couple of years ago, which was the house mm-hmm. that Peyton Manning built, Eli God. Manning and the Giants won. This year, the Super Bowl being played, of course, at the Meadowlands, which they don't like call it. the stadium that Eli Manning built. But if if they had to say that somebody built it, he would be the yeah, guy. I guess he would build it. And and I think this time his brother will pay back the favor, and I think. Uh, Hopefully Peyton Manning can play better in the cold than he did against the Ravens last year. That was pretty pathetic. Well, they're, there, they're but, saying uh, there's going to be a nor'easter during the Super Bowl now, so that that'll be a fun element. Well, we'll see. I mean, that's still 
that's still five months away and we can't predict the weather five days away or even five hours away sometimes, let alone five months away. But uh, (laughs) So that's interesting that we agree on Denver, which means you can probably go out and bet the house on any team except Denver. Anybody but Denver. that we agree on something going into the season (laughs) then. So anyway, we have to wrap it up. So why don't you tell people again how they can find us and what our schedule is going forward. We will be back next week and every Wednesday night from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, if you missed any shows, you can download us on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you can find us all week long at thefantasyfootballsherpa.com, on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. Uh, you can tweet us at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. Our email is the same handle, the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. You can find links to Scott and my Twitters on there as well. I'm JKIM16, and he's fantasy underscore Sherpa. And again, we'll be back next week at 930. Thanks for a great show, Jana, and good luck in your drafts, everyone. Talk to you next week.